What's up, wrestling fans, training car collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan Morning. You can check me out all over social. And if you haven't already, make sure to check out the YouTube channel that I have of the same name, Wrestling with Cards, where you can see the video versions of some of these audio podcasts. I actually recorded the videos before I did the podcast. This is an audio companion to those videos, as well as all kinds of other great wrestling card content on that channel. Today, we're going to be looking at the 1993. WCW Magazine Yearbook Wrestling Cards. It's really hard to believe that within the pages of a wrestling magazine would be some historically significant wrestling cards. Although, I guess all the wacky types of wrestling cards we've seen currently coming out of the woodwork, it shouldn't be a surprise. But that being said, we're going to talk about that today and go in depth on some of the cards in this set. So this magazine consisted of 18 wrestling cards. I'm going to list them off real quick for you. Steve Austin, Johnny B. Bad, Cactus Jack, Shane Douglas, Van Hammer, Missy Hyatt, Jushin Thunder Liger, Medusa, Brian Pillman, Dustin Rhodes, Rick Rude, Ron Simmons, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Vader, and Eric Watts, Barry Windham, Tom Zink. Now, Some of those cards have some interesting significance, while others are almost laughable. For example, on the mainstream significance end, you have one of the earliest Steve Austin cards, one of the earliest Cactus Jack cards. In kind of the middle ground where, you know, wrestling fans truly would appreciate this, but maybe, maybe not on the mainstream, diehard wrestling fans would appreciate cards such as the first Shane Douglas card and the first Jushin Thunder Liger card. And on the laughable end, you have guys like Eric Watts and Rock and Roll Van Hammer, because both of those guys will definitely put some butts in seats. These cards are pretty close to the same size as standard trading cards. Maybe they're a little bit smaller, but they're pretty close. Most of these have pretty good action shots in them and some additional bio information on the back of the cards, similar to standard trading cards. These cards can be graded, but just like all other perforated cards, they're really hard to tear out, so be careful on those. And I'm not sure exactly how the grading goes. I've heard things like, you know, when you're tearing those off, the perforations, little nubs all the way around them. If all of those are intact, that's supposedly a higher grade, Uh, of course, creasing surface, etc. But we've started seeing a lot more perforated cards popping up in the market, whether that's Sports Illustrated for kids or other just random magazine cards. So go ahead and add these to the list. Oh, and how can I forget? Probably the most famous perforated card, the Bumblebee Rock Tuna Fish, whatever you want to call it. First Dwayne Johnson football card that's exploded. That's a perforated card as well. So if that could pop off, why can't these? Another interesting thing in this magazine is just the merchandise that's available. I think it's hilarious that some of the options, and one of my favorites is the Van Hammer starter kit. You have like an inflatable guitar and some sunglasses. And I'm just looking back, like even as a kid, I would not have wanted any of this stuff. Now, as an adult, I think it's awesome because it's one of those things where it's so bad that it's good. I did point out in the video that I made on this card set that they had the 91 Impel and they had some really awesome coffee cups. So it'd be awesome to be sorting your 91 Impel wrestling cards 
while you're drinking your coffee cup with sting on it. And now a quick word from our sponsors. And let's get back into the show. If you haven't already, check out my other podcast I'm involved with, Worlds Collide, with Tony Vela from WrestlingTradingCards.com, as well as checking out the Patreon page for Wrestling With Cards. If you want to show your support, all the links are in the show notes of ways you can do that, and it would be greatly appreciated, as well as sharing this show all over social platforms. Again, make sure to tag me in it. Let's build the listenership and build the community so everybody can have fun talking and dealing with wrestling cards. There's not a lot more to say about this magazine. I think it's got some really cool pictures in it. So if you're a fan of just wanting to flip through and learn about 1993 WCW, which a lot of people would say is like a terrible down period for wrestling, which maybe, maybe not. I still had fun with a lot of the wrestling during this time. But then again, kind of a diehard fan that I've been my whole life. But that being said, let's jump into some of the cards. And we're going to cover my personal top five cards in this set. Number five, Medusa. Now, the reason that I think this card is so important is that this is her first card. She is very significant figure in wrestling history. She's one of the first American women to have the wrestling style closest to what we see today in modern women's wrestling. She broke the stereotype in this era, proving that yes, women can wrestle just as good as the men. They don't just have to be eye candy or valets or used for posters, etc. She was a huge contributor to what women's wrestling looks like currently. Also, who can forget her showing up on WCW Monday Nitro live on TV to drop that WWF women's title in the trash? Unbelievable. The fourth card on the list that's my favorite is Jushin Liger. Believe it or not, this is the first card from this Japanese legend, and it appears in a WCW set of all places. Kind of hard to believe. Seems a bit degrading knowing how popular he is, but yet his first card was in a WCW set. Other than this being his first card, uh, this card has some a little bit more significance, and that is because in 1995, Jushin Thunder Liger, Brian Pillman, were the opening match on Monday Nitro, the very first match of the very first episode of the very first show that would go on to be one of the biggest in wrestling history, and that being Monday Nitro. Both wrestlers, when I say that, I'm talking about Liger and Pillman, they, had, they both had cards in this set, and they were actually cards number 16 and 18 with Medusa in between them. So a lot of Monday Nitro significance between Medusa Brian Pillman, and of course, this card, Jushin Thunder Liger. Card number three, and this is kind of one of my low-key favorites, Shane Douglas, the franchise. Now, of course, he wasn't the franchise here. This is his first card. One thing that's interesting here is that he never really got to, the, to be a top guy in WCW. And by the late summer of this same year, being 1993, that this magazine was released, Douglas would go on to be one of the top guys in Eastern Championship Wrestling, which would then go on to be Extreme Championship Wrestling, where he threw down the NWA title. That's when the Extreme kicked off. For us ECW fans, this card will be a little bit more important than just the average wrestling fan who saw, oh, it's a Shane Douglas card. Card number two in this set, Cactus Jack. To my knowledge, this is the first Cactus Jack card. I'm aware of him having a card in the 1991 Omni Press, I believe is what it was called. 
but I think those were like bigger cards, maybe like similar to the size of a postcard as opposed to a traditional size trading card. Not too long after this card was released, we would see Cactus show up in ECW. So him and Shane Douglas both showing up not too long after this. We would see him in legendary Japanese matches as well. And then into the WWE where his career would just change forever. And my number one card, and it should be as no surprise, Steve Austin. This is the obvious number one card here. This is technically the second Steve Austin card to ever be released. Call it the second year card, if you will. The first being his 1991 WCW Chromie card coming out of Argentina, which are kind of getting hard to find. Again, one of those cards that people call a rookie card, but really, at this point, who knows? Everyone wants to call all these things, you know, early cards, rookie cards, whatever. It seems like this card hasn't really taken off like his 97 Cardinal or the 95 main event. I'm not exactly sure that's why, but something interesting to keep an eye on. It's definitely a more scarce card, despite there being more pop-up in the last year, due to just the rise in popularity of wrestling cards in general. I'm guessing a lot of people had these magazines laying around. They started selling them because they knew that Steve Austin, Cactus Jack, and whoever else, just in general, wrestling cards were getting popular. So they tried selling them off, or we're starting to see some of them pop up in slabs. So that's a good thing. We really don't know what the pop is on these in total. But again, I think it's probably more scarce than, say, that 97 card. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. I hope I brought you guys some valuable information to help you go forward into looking for these 93 WCW Yearbook Magazine cards. Make sure to share this all over social and make sure to share it with a friend. Like I said earlier, let's continue to build this audience and the listenership, creating a community where we can all just talk about wrestling cards, buy and sell and trade to each other, and just have some fun. Until the next episode, thanks for listening. I'm Zan. See you later.